four, three, two, one. Clap. You're so late on your clap. Okay. Great. Hello. Hello and welcome to Rumtings 112. Hmm. Sadly, because John is a wretched heathen, once again we are... <laughs> this alienated. is entirely your fault, as you know. It's your turn to come to Bath, and you didn't come You didn't come to Bath uh, the week before last. You didn't come to Rest when you could have come there. And then I was on holiday. And now, now you haven't come holiday. here this week as well. What? What? What did you say? Why? Uh. <sighs> Bloody Skype. It is terrible. People who use it and think it's good are very mistaken, aren't Nick, what's they? the topic? What's the topic? The topic today is, what are ambulances going to do now that there are Olympic lanes? Good question. It is a very good question. So, um, we should probably explain why we were, uh, well, we were, why we were recording tonight at all. Yes, go on then. Because tonight, mm-hmm. I'm meant to be spending a romantic mm-hmm. evening with my wife in a hotel. Uh-huh. Oh, in a lovely hotel a lovely in France. British hotel. British oh, Brit- it's a British uh, hotel. Lovely British uh, hotel. Uh, British. In the well, lovely okay. county of Somerset. Well, that's why you're not there now. Well, yes. So a friend, a colleague of Laura's had a Groupon deal of some nature and they couldn't make it. Groupon um, always sounds rude to me. Oh, maybe you're thinking of grope on. Yeah, reach around or something like that. <laughs> so, we're, um, so we accepted this. Uh, we managed to go, does anyone want it? And Laura went, yes, me, 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 pick me. Mm. And so you know um, what she's like. We went along tonight, and we got into the room, and and instantly we were just overwhelmed by the smell of damp. <laughs> oh, just in other words, British hotel. A pong of damp. So this is a very distinguished, distinctive place. It's not distinguished in the slightest. It's no. um an old old railway yard or something, and they've literally they've got an old train carriage out the back, which is the restaurant where we had dinner in a mm-hmm. in a train carriage, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. And then mm-hmm. the rooms apparently in oh, well, they had external walls, which I, expl- I imagine it was just old stone painted walls, which I imagine yes. was the reason for the damp. And um, two beds, twin beds, singles. <laughs> I imagine the reason for the damp is their distinct lack of caring. Could have been uh, two mm. two single beds. Just well, just as well because you're not married for a romantic evening. Yes, and um, both of them. Well, to give an, I think the best example of how bad these beds was, I actually hurt my knees kneeling on one of them. And do you say that in a hyperbolic way? No, I re- I mean, I'm not like in pain now, but I knelt on the bed and went, ow, that's really uncomfortable <laughs> on my knees. <laughs> a, a mattress shouldn't do that. It, the mattress, that you could, as you ran your hand across the top of the mattress, it bumped where the springs were. Could you, could you um, play a rhythmic tune on the mattress just oh, by you rubbing could... your hands across it? Oh, absolutely. If you were blind, was the mattress quite rude as you felt it? Was it saying rude things to you? In <laughs> I, don't, I never thought to check. It, no. I must say, it, isn't, it was not nearly as bad as the bed at uh, the Premier Inn in uh, Brighton, where I stayed a, a couple of weeks ago for Rezd. Um, it was where the bed was like a rock. It was just bizarre. I, I'm a big man, and I lay on it, and it didn't sink in at any point. All, all Premier Inn beds are firm. Well, this one was so very firm that I, f- I lay across the top of it as if I were lying on a sheet of rock. <laughs> and you know how uncomfortable it is, how difficult it is to get to sleep when you're lying on a slab of rock. Yes. Well, unless you're a vampire, they can do that quite well, actually. They do say at the Premier Inn that if they hunt, they have a guarantee of a good night's sleep, and if you don't get one, they'll give you a refund. 
Um, I didn't get a good night's sleep either night, but then I just thought, oh, that's a bit Mm. awkward. No, plus you imagine that one of the little underlings there would probably be whipped or sent back to Afghanistan or something if they actually ever received such a complaint so you're guilted out of not doing it exactly so we were in a very similar situation this evening because we had mm. this room oh the other thing about this room is it was an old-fashioned like a proper lock in the door kind of uh. door so there wasn't it didn't deadlock that's the important information so here's the situation no, the we locks for, were live yes we go for dinner yes what an awful pun that was we go for dinner and it was fine um it really big good sized portions for it of what place. um well i had the, the sliders which was three yeah. different things and laura had yeah. the sausage and mash yes but it was all like posh stuff yeah um but it was not it was nice enough it wasn't great it wasn't no, really as award-winning as the sign said but it was <laughs> it was nice it um, was nice and there were really good portions so i saw the ham hock that someone else ordered go past and I, it was astonishing you could have had a sunday roast with your whole family on it yeah um and again not exaggerating um, yes you are yeah so really you know fine food but then, so we get back to the room, and we've we've decided at this point we live half an hour away, and even less, <laughs> twenty minutes away. There's no there's no good reason we should sleep here. But no. how do we get? How do we leave? How do you get out? We've got a key, you see, and the there's no reception or anything. It's just a pub bar. Right. What I would have done is I would have said I'm going to leave my key behind the bar. Yeah. And I would have told the bar, "Here's our key to our room number twelfty." Mm-hmm. Uh, can you hold it, please? And then I would have run away. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yes. It's not what? a bad idea. It's, although they would probably have thought we were then dead. Yes, well, that's fine. <laughs> they would have held a funeral and uh, would have been happy. Yeah. I did suggest we should just leave suicide notes in the room. <laughs> yeah. I suppose, no, if you're being serious, if you want to get out of it without any awkwardness, you could just say, um, we've had a call from home, there's been a flood, we need to go and deal with it. Well, Sorry, exactly. So I, I, didn't, I wanted to do it without lying. Um, well, you can't. So, well, we, you know, in the end, compromise always comes in when you're not trying not to upset the baby Jesus. Yeah. And um, in the end... In the, in the end, he needed a little bit more than me, more security. Well, I thought... Because you know, the obvious thing to do would just be to leave our key in the room and go, but you can't because then the room's unlocked and there was a uh, one-by-two-inch flat-screen TV in the... Top, mm. uh, in the, literally in the upper corner of the, of the room so it was in the, the top of the wall by the ceiling in a corner and it, ha- yes. it can't have been a foot wide and no. uh, it's the other side of the room around the corner from the bed although yes. as you say that it makes it sound the room sound a lot bigger than it was <laughs> right. um, there wasn't really corners to go around but yeah so we couldn't just leave the key in the room and leave it unlocked because if it got robbed or something it would be entirely on us hmm um, and then we thought they, they, we overheard them saying that uh, to a neighbouring room because the walls are that thin that uh, if they needed to leave at a time when no one else was around because they had these people had to leave early just pop it through the letterbox ah. okay there's a letterbox we'll just pop our, three, our key through the letterbox and we'll yes of course it turns out to be a letterbox that just goes directly into the pub so it would have been everyone in the pub turning <laughs> around listening to a thunk <laughs> so the key falls through yes. at 9.30 in the evening you could have done that a bit conspicuous. In the end, I chickened out, hid in the car. Um, I thought, what would Nick do? And I remembered, make, make Victoria do it. So I, I adopted yes. that plan. Good. I uh, hid in the car, and, and Laura went in and said, something's come up. <laughs> said, sorry, madam, I don't understand a word you've said. She said, all right, madam, goodbye. 
Oh, sorry. So I was shouting through from the next room. It's not something's come up. She said, there's been unforeseen circumstances. Oh, I see. Well, if there were unforeseen circumstances. Exactly. 100% for some reason, true. you hadn't foreseen that in a crappy British hotel, uh, there wouldn't be a pleasant bed. You hadn't foreseen that. Somehow we haven't foreseen quite how... I mean, I, I wouldn't have minded if it were a crappy room and a, and a, and a half-decent bed. But there was mm. no reason. It was single beds in uh, that were incredibly uncomfortable in a really smelly room. That, that was probably no going to give you cancer features. with all its spores. Laura, of course, scooped up all the biscuits and hot chocolate from the basket and, uh, and we scarpered. So That's thievery. <laughs> That's what I said. It is thievery. But somehow. she pointed out the room's been paid for and I still felt it was wrong. I think it was wrong to a degree. Mm. I think it was. Um, anyway, uh, my brother's written a book called... Oh, we're the... changing subject already, yeah. are we? Yeah, my brother's written a book called The Fastest Loser and every listener of this podcast has to buy it and go what and read it. What happens if they don't buy it? If they don't buy it, I shall visit their houses and I shall decapitate them all, one by one. I'm going to do a reading from it. I'm going to read from page 29. Really? The Sydney Daily Telegraph article went on to state... There you go. Oh, excellent. tease most people into buying it. Actually, can you read from page 82, please? Mm-hmm. Could you do that, please? Certainly. How much would you like? A paragraph? Um, read the most interesting thing you see on that page. I genuinely don't know what it is. I don't really want to, because it's obviously in the um, accent of a foreign gentleman. I'm just going to sound racist. Please be racist. I'll read it as British as I can. No, please be racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 800 metres away from here, only two laps of a track. I will maybe go and see him just now to see if he can make it feel it maybe a bit better for my 10,000 final tomorrow. Thanks, Mr. Great Britain, said Moses, smiling. No problem, Mr. Eritrea, said Roger, getting in on the act before thinking as he walked away out of the cafeteria, past Lily Wei Lee, as she glared at two Japanese... Japanese? I just said Japanese, it says Chinese. I have made a mistake there, Japanese. You're so racist. I'm so racist, I can't even Any old city I will do, age I hate the Chinese. So you said, said that two times. Blah, blah, blah. I think you actually do. It sounds yeah. rubbish. I wouldn't buy this book. Moses, Moses is actually Eritrean, so you should have read that in an Eritrean accent. Oh, I got it wrong. Yeah, no, it's. Um, I like the name co- Lily Wee though. Lily Wiley, no, she's the Wiley. most important. Lily Wiley, she's <gasps> the most. Oh, Lily Wiley, she's the most important character in it. I think it's got a um, swear. Yeah, it says and, uh, we're so, and then it's a word that begins with a th. Arrogant, uh, bro. Oh dear. Um, what's quite good about it is that even though it was written by my brother and therefore brother. I'm obviously going to be biased against it. Against it, yeah. We nevertheless, everybody who's read it has been surprised that it's quite a good page turner. And it's set in the Olympic Village and it's a bit sort of mixture of Brave, Brave New World and um, a eugenics experiment. And it's actually relatively worth reading. It's quite a page turner, so I would recommend... Well, Kieran West, Kieran West, NBA Olympic champion, says, what a great novel. It makes me wish I could read. Yes. No, actually, it, says, it makes me wish I were back in the... It's written in a, it's written in a very odd um, narrative tone. Um, for example, on one of the pages, in a parenthesis, the whole ending of the book is basically given away, and oh, then yes. the parenthesis is closed, just so that you don't have to worry about it. And I quite... I sort of, <laughs> 
And I sort of quite like that, the, the contempt <laughs> with which it was dealing with the story. Saying, oh, look, I don't really care whether you guess what's going to happen. It is, but let's find out how we get there kind of thing. And I quite like that. And one of the main protagonists is a kind of German who's constantly playing with language and so on and isn't as good at playing with language as he thinks it is. So the whole narrative style is a bit stilted like that. And I quite enjoyed it. Um, it's by my uh, younger brother, who's a Gideon. historian. And... It surprised, yeah, it surprised me how good it is. So I, I recommend everybody go and buy it. It's called The Fastest Loser. It's available on the Kindle or available as a dead tree, which I, I believe say, is the... I would say his name, Gideon A. Mayer, if you're uh, Amazoning him. Dr. Gideon A. Mayer. Is he really? Yeah. Does he have a doctorate? Yes, he's, he's got not, a PhD. It's not, not doctor on the book. No, it isn't, because people don't buy books by doctors. That's he's, true. His PhD, a guide for how to get laid at the his, Olympics. His, his PhD was written by Witherspoon. It's only six. Well, it was written about Witherspoon. It's written with by Witherspoon. We're doing extraordinary. About Witherspoon. Do you know who John Witherspoon is? Uh, was uh, yes, I do, and I've forgotten. One Remind of the me. one of the signers of the American Declaration of Yes, of course. Yes, he was a. And apparently, Reese Witherspoon is one of his late oh, descendants. Six pound ninety nine is pretty good for a paperback, a brand new, a brand a, new release. It's hard. It's, it's softback, not paperback. You can get a you can get a cheaper uh, on Amazon now. Funnily oh, really? enough. Well, I pre-ordered mm. mine because I'm a dedicated friend. I haven't I have, read it. Do you, do you know what? I You, you should read it. I, I really think should you're read quite it. It's, it's, got, it's going to be a quick read. Yeah, it's got, it, it, it does have a Christian in it. Gideon oh, describes right. it as, as a book which is motivated by Christian love and redemption. With a name like Gideon, how could he not? Yeah. No, it does, yeah, it does have quite a strong Presbyterian in it, so you'll enjoy it. Your, um, your family are uniquely terrible Jews. Yeah, well, he, my, it's funny, whenever Gideon's annoyed by something or is annoyed about somebody, he says, it's just as well I've got lots of Christian compassion that I can uh, forgive them. <laughs> and he sort of means it. But then again, he was a church scholar at, school, uh, at, at university, you know, studying the Your parents church. must have been so disappointed. In well, of course they were. Um, something I've pre-ordered is the, the, um, the Google Nexus 7 little tablet. Oh, you have? Hmm. How much do they cost? I've I heard they're cheap. Uh, yes, it's about £150 or something. That's not bad at all. It's not bad, and apparently it's nice and fast, and this new version of Android Jelly Bean is a lot slicker and things move my, about. My phone, my phone upgraded to Jelly Bean yesterday, and it is a significant improvement. Yes. Apparently the, the, they had something called Project Butter, where they wanted to make all the transitions and slidey things more, move more quickly and more responsively, and... I think that, I think it's made the difference from what I've seen. Yeah, it's and, it's, it's uh, and lots of little things that niggled me about the uh, racist about the racist. about the phone are much improved now. I just wish my Transformer Prime would upgrade because uh, Asus are obviously being a bit slow on Jelly Bean. Well, considering that the Nexus Seven was made by Asus mm. and it runs Jelly Bean. Yes, You'd well, thought. I'm assuming it's just the, ne- the Transformer really isn't their priority just now, I would imagine. No, I imagine the Nexus 7 is. Indeed. Although, got lots of you know, orders. the Nexus 7 is very minimalist. It's seven inches. It's yes. enough for anybody. Indeed, well, absolutely. But the uh, the good thing about the Transformer Prime is it's got the, uh, the NVIDIA graphics chip in there. Mm-hmm. I don't mean NVIDIA, I mean Intel. Mm-hmm. You, I, I think that this um, Nexus machine is going to be the first one that actually gives the iPad a proper run for its money because I Often think a it's... A third as much is going to help. Yeah, a third as much. And also, 7-inch form factor is just right because it can fit in your suit pocket 
at a push and you can just throw it in your bag and so on and I think that makes a difference because it's also apparently it's quite comfortable to hold in your hand and just you know read a magazine on it and something like that it's not quite as chunky as an iPad is so it'll be interesting to see if it actually manages to give it a a run for its money something else that'll be interesting to see is this latest my turn um you, you segued last time. I want to say that my Raspberry Pi was just announced to me as being shipped. Now I've got to figure out what I actually want a Raspberry Pi for. You don't want one. You've got nothing you can use it for. And you, you are, you're scared of, it, of machines at that level. I am. I am. But I'm still intrigued. What you should actually probably do is have a look up online and find something fun to do with it. You know, mm. Find a fun project and put it to that project. Yes. Maybe build some do- sort of sign... Scientific up, oh. analysis, which Laura can then use. Well, it could end up achieving its goal, which is to encourage me to learn to code. Yes, why not do that? Uh, uh, talking about that, um, they, I assume you you know about the Kickstarter project about this new console. Yes, I posted about it last weekend. All right, yeah, it's got about over five million dollars now. I think. Yes, and it's interesting. It was just, it's been described as a scam by quite a few people. You think it is? Do you? No, I don't. Not why? Why do people think it's a scam? Um, well, people think that it's there's no actual it's a pre, there's no proof of concept there's no working model really that anyone's seen and so people are chucking they they only asked for something like two hundred and fifty thousand or something didn't they nine hundred thousand um, which is enough oh was it nine hundred okay so they wanted it yeah. but they got a he- heck of a lot more than they asked for um, but yes I think there was a long article in Eurogamer arguing that it was uh, flawed although the article in Eurogamer was deeply flawed. Well, the article I've seen that argument for says, "Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't allow people to do DRM properly, and therefore well, exactly. is evil." Which, of course, made me feel a lot better about it and a lot worse about Eurogamer. Yes, that's exactly. I, I, I was well. You know, Eurogamer is made up of lots of individual writers, and it's important to remember that it was the writer's opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know why. I know why you're defending Eurogamer. What? Because I write for it. That's one of the reasons, and it doesn't represent my opinion. His article didn't represent my opinions. So that's a reason for my saying that. Mm. You're your bedfellows. <laughs> I'm trying to find the article so I can properly cri- criticise it. No, it was rubbish. I, I, I read. No, but I wanted to get the particular rubbish. line about. I mean, um, I mean that the only problem with this new console will be that they they just don't manage to pull their finger out, and it won't be particularly good. That will be the problem. But it's a pity because it's a good idea. Something else that's interesting is that um, I'm sure. No, no, you've... no, no! I would stop changing subjects all the time. Well, it's not quite changing subjects because. It's but related. I want you to respond to this particular line. Oh, um, it says, uh, "Is it? Uh, this will be the easiest system in history on which to pirate software. Easier than the, <laughs> the Spectrum, apparently. Uh, Oyo is designed to sp- designed sp- explicitly for modders and then hack- and the hacking community. What this means is that within hours of the release, there will be." piracy and within days of its release there will be organized piracy that will be incredibly easy to access think about the Ure's, uh early adopters is it going to be little johnny is it heck it's gaming nerds with a good smattering of android nerds among them this is exactly the kind of person that is not only knows about the potential but is quite capable of putting the machine's usb 2 ports to nefarious use piracy isn't impossible on home consoles and tablets of course but you don't see... Can, can I just, no, 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 listen, listen, listen. Can I just listen. interrupt you there and say <sighs> that I, I'll find it very difficult to respond to this pile of 
pusillanimous rubbish without using swear words, which we've agreed we won't use. Well, I just think, this is by a guy called Rich Stanton, who I really like, but anyway. Well, he's a twat, <laughs> and, that's, and that's putting it very politely. I didn't know he had this opinion. I would love to meet up with him again. Well, it's, and, time, and to, it's, it's, it's now time to murder him. And argue this through. He says, piracy isn't impossible on home consoles and tablets, of course, but you don't see Apple boasting that you can jailbreak your iPad. Pirating games on the... Will require a quick Google and a download. There will be a beginner's guide in days, and you probably won't even need one. Open systems do not work for software sales. You are basically saying you'll bi- you'll build a business on an honesty box. That's the line I wanted you to hear. I mean, Rich, Rich is a great guy. He genuinely is a really nice guy. Oh, genuinely... stop saying that! You're no, 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 annoying no, 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 me this... now. You're annoying. No, this... no, anybody who writes that is not a great guy. Anybody who writes that is the problem, not the solution. So stop telling me he's a great guy. Next thing you'll be telling me that somebody who supports capital punishment is a great guy. By definition, they are not a great guy because to be a great guy, you're is made up by your opinions and your ethics, and his ethics are totally wrong. So he's not a great guy. I don't care whether he's bought you a pint and has a cheery smile. Which is fine, but how the... dare you call him a great guy? <laughs> but... <laughs> but this line is in, um, is unbelievable, and he needs to be fixed. He needs because, to be slapped. That's what he needs. Because this, if he's just ignorant, open systems do not work for software sales. Um, I, I wish there were an example that could counter this claim. <laughs> <laughs> if only there were some worldwide dominant near monopolizing movement of, of software if only, that contradicts well, this yeah if only there were or a platform say a, 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 a computer platform that was sort of personal <laughs> yes for instance mm. <laughs> oh rich what are you thinking well he's not thinking he's saying what his paymasters want him to say certainly not oh come now Oh my goodness! You don't. I know the people who work for Eurogamer, and I'm certain this would not be their immediate. It's it, uh, <sighs> anyway. If you think piracy was bad, well, look what's happening next. Your your friend Gabe McNewell or whatever his name is 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 recruiting lots of Linux programmers and is going to be releasing Steam for Linux. No, no, no! Don't be silly because else? there is the, because um, open systems do not work for software sales. It's true. So there's no way that Steam can be. I also love the. I, I also love the notion that building a platform on the notion of an honesty box is something that's just ludicrous. so abhorrent. Oh, how terrible! Yeah. If we were to trust people, of course, it's impossible that anybody would trust or do that. I mean, it's not like somebody would just throw lots of money at a project that doesn't even exist yet. <laughs> say five million dollars worth <laughs> out of trust. I don't get it because this is the. But you see, you you want to be angry with him, and I understand why. But I I I've met the guy a few times, and well, I sort of online, to the, he's a no. really nice chap. In so reality, I'm I want to. I want to by point, this bizarre no. remark of his. In reality, I want to point at him and laugh at him. Well, that's mean. I just go. <laughs> <laughs> you made a wee wee in your panties. That's yeah. what I want to do. Well, you should. Now I've got something very special for us this evening. Oh, good. When we were at uh, our lovely special Somerset... Special as in class, I hope. Somerset, special. special as in who? As in class, you know, special uh, class. Pretty much, yes. Or um, school, special school. In our uh, pub-based hotel strike slash train station... When? Tonight. Oh, yes, yes, uh, yes. There was a local... One of these... Um, not local newspaper, but one of these... It looks like Trade It, but it's actually... The Midsummer Norton Radstock and District Journal. Hey, it's Midsummer a journal. Norton. Oh, journal. It's, it's a peer-reviewed journal. <laughs> That's correct. It's Elsevier. essentially incre- it's like local news magnified by the power factor of a thousand. Mm-hmm. 
just extremely precise local news to the point where it has a uh, an account of last of July's WI meeting, and I would like to read it to you in full. Um, Please do. I, I trust. I hope you'll trust that it's worth it. I will trust that it's worth it. WI Farnborough July meeting quotes horse sense. At our last meeting on third July, Rosie Whitwithy talked about horses as teachers. Well, they do a better job than the human ones. <laughs> That's just it, the thing is, you think it couldn't get better from then, and it My only gets better. Pony. Mm-hmm. Her own experiences of riding and teaching others to ride, and you think, oh, okay, it's going somewhere sensible, uh, mm-hmm. led her to explore the coaching and even the spiritual aspects, and thus found the Epona approach of equine facilitated learning. Equine facilitated learning. <laughs> This reveals that horses are f- amazing facilitators in the world of human learning and development. It's the first time that anybody's called a horse a facilitator. <laughs> this is this is remarkable news. Now, here's the evidence. They are intelligent, generous and sensitive, responding to both positive and negative changes in their handler's behaviour and emotions, offering constant and immediate feedback to the handler's actions and emotions. <laughs> Now, Laura, uh, in her past, has ridden horses and used to look after a horse. And she, was, she, says that she says they're very quick to pick up if you're nervous and they'll take advantage yes. of you. So if you're, yes. someone's nervous on a horse, they'll muck around a lot more. They'll get, try yes. to get away with more than they normally would. Yeah. So clearly, the, I imagine that this is the germ of which the nonsense has grown. That's that, to a point. So now they can, uh, they can feedback, in, immediately feedback all of the handler's actions and emotions. And remember, horses are both prey animals and they're herd animals. So, of course, they are very sensitive to their surroundings yes. and any changes in configuration, of course. Mm-hmm. And they're also hierarchical. Their society is hierarchical. So they've, they're a weird combination of things we can empathise with as well as weird bits of sensitive prey animals. And taking this into account, Rosie offers workshops, one-to-one sessions and seminars on the personal development, intuitive riding and simply getting to know yourself better, all with the help of horses. With the help of horses? (laughs) Intuitive riding. It's quite funny. I mean, horses can also kick your head in. That's true. She says that horses can see through slight inconsistencies between our emotions and intentions, and they identify and mirror our true emotions, intentions and behaviours, rather than what we thought we felt or wanted. Ooh, so horses are basically better than psychiatrists. (laughs) Psychiatrists or telepaths. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This this teaches us to recognise when we are not being true to ourselves and, therefore, they help to reveal emotions buried in our subconscious. So if you're feeling happy about yourself and you yep. get on a horse and that yep. horse is all skittish, you think, oh dear, inside I am mm-hmm. just must be a tumult. And you have emotions in your subconscious, this is what I've learned. Mm. It is a very interesting approach and if you are looking for, a per- for personal development, it is definitely worth a try. Well, I'm interested, yes. For more information, please check out Rosie's website, www.horsesasteachers.co.uk. Horsesasteachers.co.uk. <laughs> Rosie donated her speaker's fee to Dorothy House Hospice. Thank you very much, Rosie. There's more Thank news you. from the WI mm-hmm. Farnborough. The competition, I Made This, was won by Bryony, second Danny, and third Mavis. Mavis? <laughs> Mavis. Our outing. Nobody's called Mavis anymore. Don't be ridiculous. It's the WI. 
Oh, yeah, I suppose in the Everyone's Dublin called Mavis. called Mavis, yeah. Our outing to the Willows and Wetlands takes place on Wednesday, 8th of August. Brian, it will have given you the menu to choose from a while ago. Do you remember oh, this, this? is in the journal, is it? I don't remember Brian giving me the menu. Brian is giving me the menu as the Gerond. It's a very presumptuous article. Yeah. Can they rep- <laughs> reproduce the menu there for our own delectation? Our ne- no, there's no menu, I'm afraid. Brian will yeah. have given it to you already. <laughs> That's true. Why would I need it? Our next meeting is Tuesday the 7th of August 2012 at 7.30pm at the Farnborough Memorial Hall slash Village Hall where Mr John Kinkle will talk about the history of chocolate. (laughs) 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 And then it finishes. Please don't forget the competition. An unusually shaped fruit or vegetable. Oh, very English. Oh, it's very British. Yes, yeah. Oh, that might be the best thing I've ever read. <laughs> yes. It's a poem, basically. It's <laughs> it's funny because it's like, for the benefit of Mr. Kite, it's got that um, weird Edwardian parochial um, absurdity. Uh, you know, John Lennon could have turned it into um, the lyrics of, of, of a song. <laughs> I love the just the nosedive it takes as well from the horses teaching us some of our emotions. <laughs> Too weird shaped. I just it's, I love to discover a new woo I haven't encountered before. Oh, by the way, Judith has a tech request. Oh yes. Um, uh, my mother actually told me about this. She she was with my mother the other day at uh, my mum's house, and my mum was making her some lunch. Yes. Uh, and so my mother's oven timer went beep beep. And Judith put her hands over her ears and said, what's that noise? And my mother said, that's the oven timer telling us your pasta is ready. At which point Judith said, no, beep, 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 beep. The timer must talk and say, you are ready, pasta. (laughs) So if you could make sure that all ovens have their oven timers removed and replaced with sophisticated speech synthesizers that automatically detect the food that is being prepared within and enunciate when it is ready. If, If you could arrange that. I would appreciate it. Shouldn't be a problem. Perhaps you could do that with your Raspberry Pi. This is a good idea. Today, uh, my, my five-year-old nephew, William, was in the car with his mummy. And he said, mummy, mm-hmm. have you um, ever seen a, a caterpillar track? And mm-hmm. she said, yes, I have. And he said, wow, really? What is it like? And she said, well, it's a, you know, a sheet of uh, material that goes over the wheels of a, of a big machine so it can drive. He goes, no, no, no. I mean, a, when a caterpillar's trod into mud and then goes for a walk. Oh, yeah. Well, fair enough. Stupid mother. Yeah. Idiot. She's an idiot, yeah. She's an idiot. How was, your, how, how was your holiday? It was very nice, thanks. We went to, went to my sister's place in France. Cold and raining. In the yeah. ridiculous... Well, it was, it was cold and raining. Because you were still too far north. Indeed, Brittany, so very much living up to its name. It Basically was a bit Brittany. Yeah, quite. Um... Yes, but uh, yeah, it was a nice time. But I can't, I can't let things move on before I read to you the article. Save our footpath. Goodness. Well, I think the article's probably pretty much described everything it's going to say in the <laughs> I might, in the I headline, might, hasn't it? I might subscribe to the Midsun and Norton Radstock and District Journal. <laughs> might be my new favourite thing. Can you do that, please? This is a remarkable. I want you to just listen to because you need to know before you you say it captures everything. But what you haven't acknowledged is which footpath are they talking about, Nick? Well, I, I think I can help with that. 
Uh-huh. Nick, have you used the footpath which runs from the end of the final building on First Avenue on Westfield Trading Estate for about 200 metres between fencing from an industrial estate to the field boundary fence where it joins with a public footpath at the top of a flight of steps going down to a footbridge? Oh yes, of course, I use that daily. <laughs> I, in fact, I, I, I've had a picnic in the middle of it. <laughs> That's one sentence. Oh, sorry, can you repeat it again? Which which footpath is it again? It's, it's, the, the, it's the one which runs from the end of the final building on First Avenue to the Westfield Trading Estate, about 200 metres between the fencing from the industrial estate to the field, the, to the field boundary fence, where it joins with a public footpath at the top of a flight of steps going down to a footbridge. Oh, can you tell me what it does from the industrial estate, please? <laughs> it joins with a public footpath at the top of a flight of steps going down to a footbridge. Okay. Well, it turns out the owner of this particular path is, it says it's private property and it's going to let people walk across it. Well, Outrage. is it a public footpath or isn't it a public well, footpath? Well, it's a private that's... property and it's not a public footpath. So they can't but, say no, save our public how, footpath because it's a public footpath. That's not how the law works in this country. If it's been used as a public footpath for long enough, it's, it is a public footpath and the landowner can't stop it. Not anymore. That's all old-fashioned stuff. These days, we don't do those lovely old twee things. There's one the common thing. law doesn't do that. One other thing I found in here, which, which was um, a, a, a particular health product, Van Hurley. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how to pronounce her name. It's H-U-R-L-E. Um, Van Hurley. Hurl. Mm. Um, she offers. This is her. This is her advert. It's a one. It's a small ad at the back. Mm-hmm. Van Hurley. Wedding mm-hmm. packages, facials, waxing, Thai foot massage. Dermabrasion, mm-hmm. reflexology, laser hair removal, UV mm-hmm. gel polish, nail extensions, fish pedicure, ten pounds. Oh, that's a lot for ten pounds. <laughs> it's not bad. And then weirdly, it carries on electrolysis, hopey ear candles, pedicures, and mobile hairdresser. <laughs> also ten pounds. <laughs> doesn't nope doesn't say. Hopey ear know. candles are a could, terrible woo woo scam. I know it's the, but they're the easiest and most obvious scam. But when you see someone offering them, it's but they're like also they're... dangerous because they can basically catch fire to your hair. Yes, so we should and damage your eardrum. Go on, quickly explain to the to the listener why uh, they're a scam if they someone doesn't actually know. Well, what Hopi ear candles are supposed to do is they're a funnel of paper which you stick in your ear, and then they light the end of this paper, and it's supposed to create a vacuum that sucks the wax out of your Mm -hmm. ear. Now, of course, it's ludicrous to think that you could have a vacuum (laughs) strong enough caused by a bit of heat. Um, What's interesting about the paper is that it's coated in wax. Coated in what now? It's coated in wax. So, of course, uh, it's wax that goes a funny discoloured shade when it, when, you know, it's sort of heated or fire goes on it and <laughs> coincidentally the wax that pours out of your ear is the identical shade of the wax that was on this piece of paper that's melted but the, so the thing with a hope ear candle like most woo like she's got reflexology and all this nonsense in there but uh, uh it's, it's got nothing to do with the hopi the hopi are annoyed that it was named after them oh really evil thought yeah that's interesting so but with something like reflexology while it's uh, it's, pa- it's patently nonsense it's it's not easy to immediately prove you can't just yeah. say it is nonsense but with these yeah. ear candles it's instantly proven because you just set fire to one without putting it in your ear and see what happens, And you yes. get the exact same results. That's, that's instant proof, proof. So it just strikes me as extremely bizarre that well, someone would you, be okay with putting what, that in their advert. Well, do you know, there, there's a similar one. You know those special foot the foot bars. spas, yes. Yeah, foot spas. Well, yeah, if you don't put your foot in the foot spa, it turns the same weird, ooh, full of toxins colour. Mm-hmm. There you go. 
Also, what I love is those, um, which is almost as good, you know those ones where you're supposed to, what are they called, mucal plaque or whatever, where you have that colonic irrigation or, or, or no, not even colonic, you, you go to those weird spas and you drink all this weird thing and then they say oh you've got to fast for three days and then your whole colon will be cleansed and when right. you go to the loo, you'll get all this weird sludgy stuff will come out that's been in your colon for 30 years and that mm-hmm. kind of thing um and all you do is two days before that you drink this very very big jug of um liquid that's got lots of clay suspended in it <laughs> You know, it's just lovely how how easy it is to get money from stupid people. But it's not. You know, my constant complaint is it's not. It's not necessarily stupid people. It's it's people who haven't given been given the opportunity to be educated about it. We have the internet now, so they don't have that excuse anymore. But you've got to know to look. You can't just well, go, oh, I can't look up whether this is woo or not. Even well, yeah, I think ooh, before I spend there. money on this weird thing, maybe I'll look up its Wikipedia page. You know, it's not too much to ask these days. No, I, I, I suppose so, but I still, I still find I, I put the blame squarely with the predators and not the prey. Mm, <laughs> not sure about that. Mm, interesting. I think that we're getting to the stage where the prey have to be a little bit blameworthy. Which, of course, means I'm blaming every woman who's been raped for her own rape. Yes, fine. Well, it, you know, it's the way they dress. Yes, there we are. I, I, there were, somebody was being a little unfair the other day to Simon Pegg. He, oh, yes. said, he said how attractive he found a group of Princess Leia's who were dressed as Princess Leia slaves at Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And people attacked him for saying you've objectified these women or something, and you shouldn't be so lascivious. And I thought, well, you're allowed to say that ladies dressed in an obvious sexual fantasy sort of way are attractive, aren't you? I mean, I would have thought you so. you know whether you are or not. I don't know, but again, he was attracted attacked in that very self righteous Twitter way. Did you follow the story of Daniel Tosh? No, I did not. Daniel Tosh is a stand-up comedian in the States who made a rape joke. And the woman oh, in the audience yeah. heckled saying she didn't think it was a particularly funny subject. And he heckled back that she should get raped or something. I can't remember the exact details. Mm-hmm. He was obviously an idiot and he had no contrition mm. at all, sadly. Have you seen mm. the Onion article that they wrote about this? No. It's, the Onion, only good when it's brief. And oh my goodness, this is brief. And just, I've, I haven't seen them be this vicious since, um, since 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um... Actually, no, sorry, I take that back. Sorry, they were, they were incredibly insipid. I'm thinking about Private Eye at 9 11. Mm. Um, they failed on 9 11 horribly at the Onion. Um, so it, the headline is Daniel Tosh chuckles, chuckles through own violent rape. <laughs> uh, you just gotta laugh, reports comedian through blood and tears. I should say it's very trendy now to say um, trigger warning, so it's a slightly annoying phrase, but I would say. I hate that phrase so much and I yes. don't know. No, don't say it. But uh, I you, hate that and it makes me sick and I. Have, I, I suddenly have hatred for all victims when you say okay. it, so don't. So I won't say that word, but I will say it, this is... If, don't if, say that word, because that, that word makes me really upset and gives me post-traumatic stress syndrome. So if you're going to say that word, can you, you tell me something... trigger warning to... for trigger warning. That, that, was, a, that was a point. That's the joke. I, I trod on your joke. You're such a... Cucking lunt. Joke treader. 
Um, but I would say if you if this I is, do hate the word I do really hate the phrase trigger warning though, good. and I want to kick everybody in the backside who uses it. It is a, or, or thinks so, they need it. There's something wrong with the phrase, but I would say if this sort of subject you have issues no, with, maybe finish no. this podcast early at this point because this is pretty gruesome. No, no. Okay. Even if you even if you've been the victim of all sorts of nastiness, you just listen to it and then you know that's fine and realize that there's something different to re-experiencing it. And if you are still suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder then go and get psychological help right now but it's good no you're not saying that in a cruel way you're saying that in a sensible practical way yes i'm saying if it re- if, re- if the whole world really is so oppressive that you can't operate in it then you need help you don't need people to be saying fatuous phrases in your ear begin thanks Embroiled in controversy following comments he made during a recent performance at the Laugh Factory in Los Angeles, comedian Daniel Tosh chuckled this afternoon while being violently raped by a group of men in a Hollywood alley. You have to admit, this is pretty hilarious, said the teary-eyed 37-year-old, his bloodied face slamming against a brick wall as he was brutally and repeatedly penetrated against his will for the 53rd straight minute. Sure, I'll be forever tormented by images of my attackers tearing off my pants and holding a knife against my throat as they viciously tear into my rectum, but come on, you've got to have a sense of humour about this sort of thing. As of press time, sources said a dishevelled Tosh checked into a nearby treatment centre where he quietly smirked after being diagnosed with HIV. <laughs> I flippin' heck, teeth were bared at the onion. Well, I think they make hot. I think they make their point extremely well uh, there as well. Uh, I think they could have been subtler. But I think the lack of subtlety is what makes it work. Anyway, I don't know. I've decided I'm not going to be interested in it. No, fair enough. No, no, not not good. In fact, I've decided it's not very good. So the onion. Yeah. When they keep it short, they're very good. When they go long, oh, shut up. Well, and and plus the phrase "area man" wasn't mentioned there. That's true. Which is the first of the onion. <laughs> yeah. I immediately see area mom on the front mm. page of the... We haven't even had time to talk about the banks yet. Perhaps we'll do that next time. Oh, let's just... That should be the topic next time. HSBC now. Oh, yes, we've been funding drug lords and Iran and murderers Oops. and everything. Whoopsie! <laughs> Dear me. I'm quite glad. I, I, this is the exact reason why a year ago I stopped using HSBC and went across to the co-op. Well, because you didn't want to be funding directly murderers. <laughs> it turns out that was actually proving to be a problem for me. And the co-op, um, as useless as they may be in so many ways, don't invest their money yeah. in the arms trade and drug barons. And I love the fact that, you know, nobody at HSBC is being prosecuted, thrown in prison, disemboweled. It's just, oh, whoopsie, never mind. Don't worry, we'll try better next time. He's retired a bit early. Yeah... I received all his um, all, all his retirement payout, of course. Yes, indeed. I was I was entertained to see that uh, Vivendi, a French company primarily doing telecoms now, who are having a lot of trouble with their share value, has been going down constantly for two years. Also, own Activision Blizzard, the publisher of and developer of games. Oh, very of bad games, yeah. Well, very very successful games, no matter what your yeah, opinion. Yeah, of yeah, very games. bad games. No, yeah. World of Warcraft is great. Call of Duty, very, I think, Call of Duty games, I think, are extremely bad, but very bad games. Incredibly yeah. popular. They're, that very company bad. is worth. I don't uh, care how popular they are. Very bad games. No, but it's important that they are popular for what I'm trying to say. They the be com- popular. The company they be, it's is a subjunctive, yes. and thus the company is incredibly profitable, and um, and has an enormous amount of cash and no debt. So they're trying to sell yeah. it at the moment to give themselves a big cash injection. And no one uh-huh. wants to buy it because no one can believe it can grow from where it is right now. No. Um, and so they've turned to the help of two banks. Oh, really? Barclays and Goldman Sachs. Oh, well, probity <laughs> where you need it. <laughs> Couldn't really pick them better, could they? No. Excellent. I love that. I went to, I read the, the, um, 
the controversy controversy section on on Wikipedia for Goldman Sachs, and it's about as long as the rest of the article. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They. I'll tell you what's fascinating and what's fun to realise that the very worst conspiracy theory Marxist ranting about banks turns out to be completely true. Mm-hmm. They really are the most despicable, evil organisations in the world who are going to probably strangle our species to death. It is beginning to look that way. Yeah. They so, are useless at best and the most dangerous organisations ever created by humanity at worst. More dangerous than Glaxo and their like? Yeah, because they effectively enable Glaxo mm-hmm. and their like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love the, the, the Glaxo. Also, Glaxo also had a whoopsie. <laughs> Yes, a little oh, bit of whoopsie. Turns out we killed, we killed millions selling. of people. Whoopsie. Oopsie daisy. <laughs> By telling big lies. Whoopsie. Nobody's being prosecuted. Of course not. Well, they paid $3 billion they had lying around. They had lying around. They said, don't worry, all better now they until paid, the next one. They paid They paid everyone better. And then, <laughs> and then did you hear that their, their PR man... And um, John hum- it was on the Today programme, and John Humphreys said, uh, I think it was John Humphreys, and said, um, but uh, Dr. Ben Goldacre has pointed out, and says, if you don't mind, I won't tell you what I think of Dr. Ben Goldacre. Really? Yes. He called, Ben Goldacre called you his friend yesterday, I noticed. I thought it was very kind of him. He said, my friend Nick. I thought, oh dear, Nick's head. I know. My pet's very big now. I'm going to mm. I'm going to drop in and have tea and cake with him soon. We know where he lives for his uh, we, dangerous. We, we do know where he lives, and in fact, the street he lives on is no. I shan't say. Shall I? That would be rude. <laughs> We've been in his flat and everything. We are the best stalkers of Ben Goldacre. Yeah, he's a nice chap. Actually, he does seem to, he does seem to be a nice. Yeah, chap. I think he, tweets, he genuinely tweets is too often though. Oh my goodness! No, he tweets just often enough. No, little little too often. I like him to calm a little. Don't be so rude. You're when so he's rude ranting, to my if best he does a big long strain of rants, I'm happy with I'm going to beat you up for being rude to my best friend. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot you do a bestest buddies. Yes. <laughs> he, he's my bro. I'm not going to allow you to diss him. I'm going well, to stra- rough you The up. stranger thing is we know he listens, which is even more peculiar, so he's probably hearing us saying this. Mm. Oh, dear. So you, exactly, you've dissed him on He did say today, he said today on Twitter, um, he, was talking, he was ranting quite accurately about the poverty of state-funded um, science communication. And said, mm-hmm. "Give me a fraction of the money that they have, and I'll I'll do it better." I was thinking, "Oh mm. my goodness, I wish someone would take them up, take them up on that." No, because the only thing that only thing that people will fund are sort of old adventure games and quixotic consoles. They won't actually fund useful and nice and wonderful things. I'm not sure if that's true. I think it is true, actually. I think, I think your gamers are really selfish, nasty people who will only fund their own addictions. From what I've seen, from what I've seen. Well, I think. The projects like Child's Play quite dramatically disprove that. The astonishing mm. millions that have been raised by gamers for that mm. charity, kind of. Yeah, but only because they could do it through their own gaming itches. Um, so yeah, well, it's always associated with gaming. That's why it's a charity mm. for gamers. But it's a pity, isn't it? That no, I think it's a good thing when people in their, within their interests give money to to charity. It's a pity that gamers that are such it. awful, nasty, immature people. It's a pity. I think it's a pity that you talk about your wife that way. What is this game that she's playing of late? I don't know what she's playing at the moment. It's something whimsical. 
uh, you have to give me more more clues. Well, when Judith watched, she said, "Oh, look, mummy, there are little creatures." I I really have no idea. They're like little. On insect- what is she playing it? I don't know. On PC, I think. Um, I don't know. I have no idea what she's playing. Oh well, never mind. But anyway. Anyway. We should probably end. Shall we go to bed? I should tell you that the the, the drink this week has been the bottle of Crabbies that I've been drinking. Oh really? The episode. But next I time. I haven't been drink. I haven't been drinking anything. Oh. Next. You time. know that. Um, uh, about three or four months ago, somebody sent us a whole package of lovely Japanese... Well, they might not be lovely, they might be awful Japanese beverages, including a Japanese rum. Well, you and must we, bring them to Bath. We've not gotten around to it yet. You must bring them to Bath. Also, I, while in France, I discovered what is, without question, the most delicious alcohol that's ever been created. And I bought back two bottles. And it's um, called wine. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre. It's all f- like grapes, but they've gone horrible. <laughs> yes. um, no, this is a, ca- a coffee liqueur, but it, it doesn't taste like anything you can imagine from that description. It's so perfect in every conceivable way. Um, I might become an alcoholic just just because of it, although it will be quite expensive getting a boat across to get it. Anyway, I bought a bottle back for rum doings, and, and, um, and, and so I think you have that to look forward to. You just have to get your ass to bath. I'll get my ass to bath. Or your ass to bath. I'll get my ass to bath. No, that sounds fine. Well, it'll be... Splendid. It'll be good to meet. Good to meet, finally, after That's all right. this dissociation. Indeed. Anyway, my brother's book again is called... <laughs> the Fastest, the Fastest Loser. Loser. And, and unironically, I think, you will, I think you'll quite enjoy it. So if everybody who listens to it buys it, he'll be quite pleasantly surprised. That would be nice. There we are. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for listening. Amen. Amen.